Hello everyone, this is John Wang, your most handsome colonizer ever on the face of the planet. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before, I thought every time before we start the podcast, we don't introduce ourselves, but we sing the national anthem. Uh, no, we don't sing the national anthem. I think that, hey, is it copyrighted, uh, by the way? Think can so. we put the national anthem on like our podcast? And Jesus tap dancing Christ. How, how can you ask such a question? We are Singaporeans. It is our God-given entitlement to sing the national anthem. Then you sing, ba. You sing Nari by yourself, guitar, I get Singapore. Did you get it wrong? I think Nari, he did. I, I think, think he did. did. That's why I paused. <laughs> okay, we need to cut this part off. Entirely. No, we're leaving it. In. We're leaving it, in, man. We're leaving it. Mari kita rakyat. Mari kita rakyat. Singapura. Ah, yeah, Mar- citizens of Singapore. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. What, sama sama. We're same. Sama sama. Yeah. Manuju, is it? Yeah. So over here we have Dan Wong. 18th century is 1801. Not. <laughs> I'm so glad the audience has no context into this joke. I'm so glad. We'll explain more later. We'll explain more later. Jesus. And then we have uh, Jerry. Uh, what nicknames should I get for you this week? <laughs> I'm as I old am. as Raffles. Yeah. No, you're older than Raffles. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My bad. So today is our very special National Day podcast episode. Um, we'll be dissecting a whole bunch of topics, uh, Singapore-related. We've always been Singapore-related and probably so. Uh, it's always been the direction that this podcast has been putting itself in, talking about Singapore issues, occasionally tackling international issues, but mainly Singapore issues, interviewing Singaporeans, um, and just special Singaporeans. Yeah, special Singaporeans, and just overall being proud of who we are in our country, which I am. I don't know about these other jokers. I hate and, it and love it at the same time. Angie is um being hunted by eagles in Inner Mongolia as we speak. Um, I don't know why she wants to get uh, r- fucking wrecked by eagles but you know it's a, f- it's a free country do she what wants, she wants she wants to meet her bow in Mongolia she wants to meet like somebody who's like a young kuo you know you know like I think someone from like some tribal um, affiliation with tribal mentality would do her some good la. yeah if yeah. they don't agree just whack her in the head right yeah just like <laughs> This is, this, is, this is the masculinity <laughs> podcast now. Yeah. Um, we are definitely being toxic males here, but you know, whatever. <laughs> she's not, not here to call She's out. not here to like, yeah, call correct us, so you know, whatever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Congrats, John. We have lost like, like all our female listenership. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay, Ken. Yes, this, this, this is definitely... I agree with John. This is definitely a... Uh, our, our main objective for doing this podcast is really to talk about Singaporean issues. Occasionally, we will do local, but uh, Singapore is very dear to my heart, regardless of how much I love or hate it. And what, what is coming up, right, is, of course, National Day, uh, a day where um, I feel incredibly conflicted over, right? It's not as simple as feeling proud of your country, but, but, but really, for me, it's re- reflecting like, uh, like what you, my life in Singapore is going to be like. Why are you right, conflicted? Next- conflicted about what? Mm. For starters, the National Day song. Don't you think that's a, a, a big thing? Huh? I always hate the National Day song. I always... The old ones or the new ones? The new ones, the new ones. Uh, I, the new, uh, I mean, okay, like, everyone everyone thinks um, stuff are the best when they are 12 years old. So the old ones, right, are what we grew up with. And I also have a... There's also, there's also a special place in my heart for the old ones. Uh. The oh, new right. ones, I'm also yeah. like a bit ambivalent about. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. But oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's oh not yeah. a national song. Uh. What? That isn't? No, that's for the Youth Olympics. Olympics. Oh, okay. Then you're getting everything wrong. 
<laughs> but then that's it, uh, you just you just completed about the song that you got incorrect. <laughs> I'm so upset about this song, which is not even the real national song, but I'm upset anyway. Okay, we can slowly start delving into that. But but you you tell us uh, what your beef is regarding what you you know uh, the Singapore bicentennial movement. Um. Okay, before we do that, uh, before we do yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, go ahead. Maybe before we start anything else, right? Should we just have one quick round where we all talk about what is the one thing you will change about Singapore? Yes, but we must be serious about this, okay? We cannot like, like what's one thing you change Singapore? Uh, everyone Singapore is, India, India, everyone is looking at you then. Everyone is looking at you. I'm serious <laughs> 100% of the time, okay? Okay, okay, okay. can. can. Yeah, <laughs> You fucking clown. <laughs> Alright, maybe uh, Jerry or Dan, who wants to start first? Uh, I can go first. Okay, go ahead, sir. So, now we're, we're not talking about stupid things like, oh, don't change the weather, don't change the weather. Yeah, we're talking yeah. more like either policy, cultural, mm. you know, societal, yes. stuff like that. Yes. Uh, the one thing I wish uh, would change uh, is not a policy thing, it's more of a Singaporean mindset thing, is we have to start accepting the fact that we uh, have either no culture or we need to continue building a culture that is a Singaporean culture because everyone is very conflicted oh what's our culture what's our culture Singapore has no culture well Singapore has a culture it's just that we either don't recognize it or don't want to recognize it maybe start we, we need to start defining a little bit you know moving forward okay that's okay. that's quite loaded but I won't get into that just yet Maybe then you want to share yours first. <laughs> okay, my, 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 my wish is, is also has to do with the Singaporean mentality, the Singaporean mindset, but it's very hard to articulate. I feel like uh, our country, uh, the people that reside in our country, we, we are still not a mature society. We are unable to tackle, or at least we have a very uh, uh, puerile and childish way of uh, tackling issues in our country. I feel like we don't do our research when we look up things. I feel like the the uncle on the street doesn't know what he's talking about. Like getting the song wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, make fun of me all you want. But you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, there are countries in the world where uh, because of the history or because of the education systems, the citizens are more mature. They uh, partake actively in political discussions. They uh, are able to weigh pros and cons. Yeah, uh, by 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 reading up sources of media that are that are not purely state driven, they're just more analytical in 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 their in their approach to life and approach to their duties to their country. It, we can't always be abings, is what I'm trying to say. We can't always be the Hokkien speaking uncle. We can't always blame the seventy percent. We can't always blame the seventy percent. We we need we need to to really really study things. And I I feel like like right now everybody's a abing. I feel like everybody is 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 uh is educated yet not educated. Why, why, I'm why? sorry, this is this song, is not, song, uh. Yeah, but you cannot you, you must be able to code switch la, but I'm saying that you can't always be an abing la. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm sorry was that, that was very vague, but I'll I'll find a better way to talk about this if, if I can in the future. Alright, so I guess my turn. Um I would drastically reduce the number of immigrants into our country and uh, drastically reduce the number of foreign workers into our country. So I think what's happening right now in terms of like, I don't know if you guys realize, but we are among like the highest poverty rates in the world. Uh, our poor people are like desperately poor. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do... There's two factors. I think there's two main factors. One is government absolute control over land and property, which has significantly drive up prices. But that aside, right? I mean, that one we can't really do anything about. Like, changing it now would just be dramatically worse than what we have. But I think for the foreign workers coming in, the unfortunate thing is that the more of them we have, the more competitive wages become. And then uh, the more, like, basically I just want wages to be competitive again. For my fellow Singaporeans who are poor and destitute, right, to at least have a fighting chance so that they will find work that can pay them at a rate that it's commiserate to the level of effort rather than artificially setting a minimum wage which I don't think will do anything to help because the foreign workers will still be here they'll still mm. be taking up jobs and they will compress the wages too much la. yeah that's my that's my wish okay so in, in, su- in summary okay uh, Jerry you want Singaporeans to be comfortable with the fact that they have little or no culture to draw from right mm, not just that like you have to recognize that whatever that little or no culture that we have is still our culture and we need to build on it. Okay, okay, all right. And then Dan wants Singaporeans to grow up and uh, John wants less immigrants and foreign workers in Singapore. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Do we want to address it one one point at a time? Maybe we can start with Jerry's one. It's, it's fucking loaded. La. I, I feel very triggered when I hear you say that. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Yeah, I find the notion, like this stereotype, this meme has been going on for a while now that Singaporeans have no culture, which I think is complete fucking bullshit. La. I think that what you, there's an aspect of what you say is correct, which is we ca- we find it very difficult to define mm. what it is. Mm. But the definition of it, like the way that we define it, right, has a lot to do with having so many different voices and having so many different cultures trying to squeeze their voice in into this collective to the point where you know it's, it's difficult to decipher because of some of it is noise and some of it is valid and I think that is where the confusion is it's not say that we have no culture I think that is a gross uh, lie that has been perpetuated yeah like. exactly I, I was what I was saying is you know for those people who are saying that we have no culture they need to really look into it and understand that there is a culture and we need to either build on it or we need to recognize it. We cannot simply just keep saying we have no culture or anything. I don't think it's something that we... Okay, the, the, the thing about culture, right, it's mm. not like something that is a top-down initiative. It's a, really a bottom-up sort of thing. Yeah, it is, it is. Right? It really just sort of boils down to how we react and what are our shared values and how do we communicate with each other and how do we sort out our disagreements. I think that's really what culture is about. I'm sure there's more to that. Uh, I'm sure that's one aspect of it, but I'm sure there's more to that. Bringing Dan's point of like maturity in Singaporeans also plays a part in moving the culture forward as well. Because there are a lot of people who are still not very like what you say, you know, like the not criticizing our beings, but like people who don't necessarily want to um, literally put, you know, like how should I put it? Like you know, it's tough to it's tough to talk about. It's tough to talk about it. it, You know, if if we don't if we don't like get out of that zone where we just blame everything on that you know like uh, Akong or whatever right then we're not gonna be moved forward without but that's know. that's happening everywhere around the world right people are always blaming external factors for yeah, their woes and true. whatever I don't think we are necessarily immune to that but that doesn't necessarily contribute to our culture either 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. What, 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 can, you, can you give give me a few specific examples of what what you mean by culture in the sense of negotiation? Because you are you were talking about negotiation just now, right? So yeah. What, so what is the culture in Singapore? So let's say um, a Chinese and a Malay couple. Uh, so like one of them is Chinese, one of them is Malay. They are going to get married. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there are certain cultural norms that dictates what the two of you individually should do but then when you come together what is it that we what is the arrangement that we are coming to now yeah this is something that doesn't happen around the world a lot and it's almost i would hazard to say in for the way that we deal with it right it's almost uniquely singaporean Mm. but in any other culture right it would just be whatever is the dominant culture would have the final say Mm -hmm. so if you're in a predominantly muslim country and you're a chinese guy and trying to uh, trying to marry a malay girl you are you are forced to get circumcised and uh, convert and so forth. Yeah. But in Singapore, that's not necessarily the case. We try to negotiate a pathway, right? That is somewhat accepting to everyone, and we reach a we reach a some sort of compromise as to precisely what is it that we are trying to accomplish here. You see, so your parents have expectation on you for the Chinese banquet, and then for Lydia's parents, they have their own expectation. They expect me to say astaghfirullahaladzim. Okay, whatever it is, lah. Okay. The, you can the, explain my, later. My point is, our culture would determine, right? Or our culture is dependent on how we navigate all these, uh, all these pathways and all these tribulations. Wow, that's 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 true, but also hard to define, though. You you took a okay. I, I'm agreeing what you are saying, but you literally took like five sentences to explain it. It's true, but you there's no one word or one phrase or one. I think five sentences is good enough. I did it in less than a minute, so I think that's <laughs> it's a lot of nuances. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's, it's very subtle. It's very nuanced. <laughs> yeah. But my point is that, as far as I can tell, right, there's nowhere else in the world that does what we does. Ah. Then that's not our culture, man. Right now. Yeah, I, I, this is something and, that and we it, should recognize. And, and it stems from our values. What, like, the values mm. that, we, that we hold is not that, you know, just because you're dominant race or the dominant religion, then you get to have a say in everything. That's not the case with us. Right? We tend to pride the individual and we tend to pride individual choices. Yeah, culture and religion plays an important role in our lives and, you know, in, in, in whatever it is that we are trying to accomplish. But at the same time, you know, we are, we try to delicately balance all these aspects of our life and we try to maximize the stuff that we prioritize rather than having someone else prioritize it for us. It's, it's interesting also, like, you know, we're, I mean, we're, we're veering a little bit off course here, but is, is this a result of a top-down kind of thing? Because, you know, Singapore has always prided its racial and ethnic harmony. Uh, that's probably the one of the more important things across I mean, the, the board. The government know? can start to, I mean, okay, la, in, in some sense, you kind of, you kind of got a gotcha on me, I will admit to that. But at the same time, right, what I think is happening is that the government can institute a lot of any top-down mm-hmm. initiative that it wants, but if we don't accept it, then it doesn't fucking matter. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, the government is instituting this I love children initiative all across <laughs> the fucking island, right? but our birth rate still sucks. So it's like, it's not, it, it doesn't matter what the government is trying to accomplish. It is what we interpret as what is ours, what is what is mine, and what yeah, is yeah, our culture. True, and true. In this case, you feel like the people, okay, at least I feel like the people have uh have uh, like multiculturalism is one of the things that we would like to adopt into this national identity. I've said it before, uh, and I'll say it again now. I don't think multiculturalism exists. I think we are. I think. So what's the word? What's the word? If mon- not, uh, I think what we are doing right is we are working towards a monoculture. 
that we are working towards a Singapore culture that is comprised of all of its the the multi the the multiracial aspect. Maybe we can use the word melting pot. Maybe I don't even think it's necessary that lah. Because okay, like I said lah, the negotiation between the 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 Chinese and uh, Muslim couple doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. It's not really a melting pot. It's more like okay, at what point do we compromise? I will I will meet you halfway at this point. Anything else, I will not get married to you. So it's not really a melting pot. It's more like okay, we are working towards some sort of middle ground monoculture that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It's not multiculturalism as far as I can tell. Because multiculturalism will entail that, hey, actually we do things, like each of the different groups, they do things differently. But that's not the case. We are actually trying to work together Mm. and find a meaningful solution to the stuff that we disagree on. I I guess it could be. Okay, okay. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah, guess we could we could also you know aside from a top down thing that you know the government has instituted on us with regards to the racial and ethnic harmony. Like the unique thing about Singapore is we started off as a port, right? As a port that is open to all you know different groups in the region to come over to here to trade, and they have got. I mean, in the past when the Brits. Uh, they set things up They have like Chinatown They have like Arab Street You know They have different enclaves Or different ethnic groups Which is what uh, They used to do And they still do now in, in many parts of Europe But At the same time When we have uh, Business to do together People f- have to figure out A way to negotiate How to get things done together Rather than Just you, know, you do your thing I do my thing We'll just go our, Figure out our things separately You know I suppose the spirit of cooperation is very entrenched in us by mm. now. Yeah. I think that's the key factor in our in our culture. It's cooperation. Really the, the spirit of cooperation is that we are willing to extend the, the hand out and say that, okay, let's 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 talk about this. Mm. What do we what do we do in the event of disagreement? I mean there are there are cultures in the world that just doesn't deal with disagreement at all. They'll just walk away or they'll just like actively try to destroy you or whatever. <laughs> right? Which I think is a very sad thing, lah. But it does happen, and I think that um, naturally, that's not to say that there's no spirit of cooperation in other places. But I think for us, it's really deep within each of us. Yeah, it's quite ingrained. Yeah, it's quite ingrained. Cultures also also war with each other. I mean, this this yeah, development culture is that is that is negotiation when negotiation has failed, lah. Right now, that's why they war. Negotiation by other means. Let me give an example. I mean, let's say. Let's say uh, uh, all three of us are Peranakan, right? And then we want to push a Peranakan agenda. We want being Peranakan to be part of Singapore's identity, regardless, you know, of whether other people agree or identify with being Peranakan, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I know a producer, I mean, I'm, I'm a gay, handsome dude who's sleeping with a producer. I'm like, hey, hey you should do a little Nonia kind of drama show and then he's like yeah little nonia what a great idea we'll get Jeanette all and, and it'll be great with her man hands yeah. and then and then you know because you know so many people watch the show and it's a very popular show then the the, the emphasis and the awareness of that culture is is greater permeated but then john is a big fat businessman he's like hey i think uh, we should have a pranakan museum you know my friend everybody got a lot of relics you know we should open one at you know uh jalan bukit paso or something oh it'll be great next to the hospital some more and then the minister is like oh yeah that's great so basically, we have pushed our Peranakan agenda, you know, and people will accept it regardless. I mean, it's, it's again about power, isn't it? 
I, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish with that spiel. <laughs> it sounds sus- suspiciously like the JQ to me. Yeah, it, it, I, what I'm trying to say is that, is that for those people who don't know, JQ is the Jewish question. The Jewish question. Yeah. So oh in no, Am- let's not go there. Oh no. So in America... Always avoid those Reddit threads. Always. Yeah. So in America, there's like a, there's this conspiracy theory that says that the Jews basically control everything from the entertainment, the media, to the banking, financial system, even down to politics. And that... um. So, based on what you're saying, uh, like, as okay, though the Puranakan... I don't think the Puranakan... Agenda, right? Or the, or the, P, or the PQ, the Puranakan question, <laughs> has fucking example. permeated into every aspect of our life. Okay, no, like, it's one a, okay, what I'm trying to say is that culture is not just top down or bottom up, it is side side also. Of course, of course. Yeah. You, like, like, you know, like, okay, in terms of. Then if it's side side, then it's not about power. It, right, is, it is, it is. Because because we are we are now more powerful, we have pushed our agenda, we are more powerful. Then if there is some other. Then like, it's top down, correct? Right, no? I mean, you, you either. You have in, intrinsic or inherent force behind the weight of your of your words or, or what you're trying to accomplish, or you don't, right? So if let's say you have no way of forcing me to accept your culture, okay, then you're then you're just like pissing in the wind. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It, I don't think it's really about mm-hmm. power. I don't. I like. I think. I think you're framing the situation in a way that suits like a particular type of narrative where you know power is like everything but I just don't I just don't see it that way okay, but okay. pulling back a little bit like we also have a couple of uh, uh, ethnic racial riots in the 50s which kind of formed the way Singapore narrative has gone on moving forward since independence okay right and uh, people who are old enough like my dad he would have lived through that he doesn't want to talk about it he, I've asked him repeatedly many times he doesn't want to talk about it he's talked about like uh, just around the time during the confrontasi uh, just around the 50s just 50s yeah around the time when the Brits are about to pull out and uh, the Indonesian under Sukarno, Sukarno. was uh, like you know he's beating the war drums and trying to take over the entire archipelago for his own um, at, a, at that time he, he remembered very clearly um, how soldiers like the regiments from Malaysia actually came to Singapore and it's not just him it's quite a lot of other people I've talked to around his age group they remember that and they it, w- it wasn't a good feeling lah. it wasn't a good feeling so so based on that you know and a lot of other incidents in history that has led up to our independence I, I guess the leaders the founding the founding leaders of uh, independent Singapore did try their best to put Put in some, you know, institute certain certain norms that we we take it for granted today in, in some ways. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what's what's uh, what is uh, indoctrinated so deeply into us that I can't tell what is uh, what is what is mine and what is what is theirs anymore. But I mean, from from my point of view, isn't it great that we get to celebrate? So many holidays. Right? We have so many public holidays. I don't know, man. I still work like 40 <laughs> hour work weeks. Right? I mean, yeah, I, I do. We freelancers, we do. But still, you know.
So that's the other thing that I want to I want to touch upon now. So now it's 2019, exactly 200 years ago, Raffles came over to this sleepy Malay village. <laughs> um, what was it? It was in February, right? I don't know. I don't. Okay, yeah, that, know. That, that was the narrative. Okay, for for our foreign friends, may, may I may I jump into this? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, a, a quick. So for our foreign friends who are listening to this podcast. Um, for us, our people our age, which is uh, Generation X, uh, almost turning millennial, uh, the, the narrative given to us was that Singapore was a sleepy flish, fishing village uh, in the 1800s until Sir Stamford Raffles came. And in 1819, he transformed Singapore from a sleepy fishing village to a bustling uh, metropolis. Of course, this is a very simplified reductionist narrative that was fed to us when we were kids. But it is, it is it's still very strong. The power of it is still very strong in it. And it's probably permeated uh, in, in our society till this very day. Okay, so that's what was taught to us. Okay, what's happening now, John? So, of course, with there's a lot of documents being dug up and then to, that suggests that Singapore wasn't a sleepy Malay village. It was actually quite a bustling port already when Raffles came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, maybe not as popular as when the colonizers revitalized the, the region now. But at the same time, it's definitely not some like backwater boonies where <laughs> you know people are just lying in hammocks all day and all they do is like fish for their lunch. So, um, of course, the other aspect to this right is that what what Singapore has started to do was to talk more about the bicentennial thing more and more. In fact, it's now an island wide event. Hmm. Basically, it's just fucking everywhere. It's a movement. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's a a movement. It's a campaign, and so it's all over the. It's all over our national gallery, all over our national museums, in textbooks, in textbooks, and of course, there are stat there are artworks, basically statues that's erected of one of them being uh, Stanford Raffles. Down in the CBD, right? The Hmm. the disappearing the disappearing Stanford Raffles. Yeah, the 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 sculpture. Yeah, they're basically artworks that cause Singaporeans to or try to cause Singaporeans to question uh, the national narrative, uh, who made this country what it is. So, of course, now there's a there's a whole bunch of revisionists, his, historical revisionists that's coming out of the woodworks and and saying things like, oh, you know, the colonizers they were fucking evil, and you know the everyone everyone was just a pox ridden, malaria infested, you know, <laughs> dis dysenteric, ghoul. Uh, who is not getting paid and they were under racial oppression. Of course, I highly doubt that's the fucking case. Lah. Okay? Uh, I'm sure there's some fragments of truth to, to what they were saying. Yeah, there's fragments of truth to everything. right? It's like fragments... Uh, there's probably fragments of gold in your shit, but that doesn't mean you want to collect all your shit, right? There is. I have no idea. But <laughs> there might be. I don't know. Okay. So, I think the... The problem with... Uh, the problem I have with all this, right, is that the either either end of the spectrum, right, are fucking gross to me. So either you are those who completely venerate like Sir Stamford Raffles for everything that he has done for Singapore, which actually he basically did nothing, <laughs> as far as <laughs> as far as the new um, so called historical context has a reason. <laughs> okay. Or you are one of those people who who just vilify the the colonizers for the sake of vilifying the colonizers, right? I think both of them are just fuck equally retarded. I think both both these group of people, they just are trying to serve their own agenda for whatever purpose. 
Of course, the colonizers, they, they did terrible things, but they also did very good things, right? And for them to leave the country, leaving behind all their infrastructure and all this for us to enjoy and use subsequently, okay, is also quite a detriment to them. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business decision. They are not here to be altruistic. They are not here to be, you know, humanitarians or whatever. They're not here to lift the entire Malay Peninsula out of poverty. That's not their goal. Their goal is to make fucking money. And to that end, right, of course they will ensure some certain level of living standard, lah. Right now, they, you still, even you're a king, right, you still need your peasants to be healthy working <laughs> adults that can contribute to your war chest, what? Right now. And then, by the end of it all, when we kicked, when Singapore kicked out our colonizers, they basically left everything behind for us to continue to use, which actually give, gives us a, like a heads up in terms of the, on, in terms of the global race towards prosperity or whatever. They, they didn't, we didn't kick them out. Lah. They, they kind of like slowly retreated away. I think they, they, no I money. Think <laughs> they hung their head in shame, lah, basically, yeah, because they, they no couldn't money. defend us from the Japanese. Yeah. They had right. no, uh, if I'm not wrong, British uh, had to br- pretty much pay off World War II debt for 70 years. They only recently paid it off. I think it was 2016 when they recently paid I, off. I never knew this. The World War II debt. So uh, it took them. It took them nearly two generations to uh, pay off uh, a debt of a war that occurred when you know those people fighting are now pretty much mostly dead so uh they they were they were actually in in uh, decline at that point in time in the mid 50s um even before the mid 50s and they still had to give up singapore yeah right as a and this is a fucking huge hit right i mean if you look at it from a business point of view it's a it's it's definitely not the not the wise thing to do Mm. but in the end they still did they caved to the pressure and then they also have no no leg to stand on uh, af- mm-hmm. after being so thoroughly trashed by the Japanese and leaving leaving us to suffer. Mm. So, okay lah. It's good and bad, right? It's not say one side is good or one side is bad. It's that history is never like that. Of course, there are portions of it that we don't ever get to see the light of day. There's a lot of revisionists on both sides. Mm. But at the same time, uh, you, you cannot... You, there's so much information in this world. You cannot cram everything down into morsels that we can easily digest. I, I think I think history wise, right, uh there are a lot of revisionist history coming up, obviously, with all the different identity movements recently. Uh I'm not saying it's a bad thing or I'm not saying it's a good thing, but uh, the the one one of the most important things that people need to understand is you cannot look at his history usually is written through a certain biased point of view, right? the winner writes the history right but at the same time if we keep looking at history with a biased point of view we're, we're always you know 100 years down the road when another identity movement comes up we're gonna review you know review the history again and gonna change it all over again so it's it's usually very difficult to prevent it from happening but at the same time people need to understand that you have to really look at history as fact and as a you, what? Sorry, as, as as facts, you know, whatever whatever we can discern, whatever truths we can discern from history, no, we have to look I, at it as, as, as facts. 
after after that, you know, you want to in- inject your emotions to it, you can do that. But first, you know, let's get the timeline and everything straight first. Hey, hey John, uh, these these people that you are talking about, these people on the extremes, have you actually like talked to them or? Okay, because, I mean, I I, I feel no, like I don't talk to them. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe these people exist. How can somebody go all the way to one end of the spectrum like that? That sounds very crazy to me. So I'm reading. Okay, so we have PJ Tum, our most famous uh critic in Singapore. <laughs> Right, so he he is the he kind of um also spearheading something like the this counter narrative lah. Okay, and then we have okay. I'm reading this article by Maisara Ijaru. If I'm what was that? Was that okay? So basically, she this I think she's a journalist or some sort of writer, and she is taking. Uh, I think an essay written by Dr. Azar Ibrahim and trying to present it to us la, in a way that's probably more palatable and more uh, easier to digest. So basically, she's trying to revise the, the entire historical narrative right, by putting the indigenous people, the indigenous Malay uh, front and center in, in, this, whole, in this whole thing. Uh, basically vilifying the the colonizers right for not taking care of them or for like like viewing them with a certain with a certain lens so basically indirectly calling them racist and bigoted and whatever lah Co- uh, perpetuating the stereotype that you know the malays are lazy and so on and so forth okay that is probably true right Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not agreeing with anything you're saying right now, but you please continue. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is the, the colonizers did have those views. Oh, the, right. they, they, they hold those views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay, hold okay, those okay. views. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Jesus, then. <laughs> so careful, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we all know how you're really feeling. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I'm a careful person. How can you say such things? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, just to reiterate, it's... John is agreeing that the colonizers probably said those things right, right, probably right. Like okay, yes, yes, I agree actually, yes, yes, yes okay. I agree but fuck lah everyone was racist back in the day lah okay like let's not let's not pretend that the Malays were somehow like saintly and all of this and they did not hold an ounce of racism that they in their own history has never written anybody out through their own Warfare, bloodshed through their own victors and victim, uh, victor and victim mentality, so on and so forth. Interesting, because um, there is a, I, 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 I need to go and find the article for this, but there are some evidence from recent digs that suggest that Malays are not indigenous to this archipelago. They, they are actually one of the second wave, oh. um, immigrants, uh, who descended from mountain tribes. Uh, could be from uh, the mountain traps in Taiwan but that's the thing right like history hmm. history is a very weird thing right now we all when we say the victors they write history in the blood mm. of the vanquished right this is absolutely 100% fucking true mm, mm, mm. right now no one is innocent in any of this and information in the past right was definitely a lot more difficult to to, to handle and to hand around than it is now. Now we have now we record everything, right? Now everything is everything that has ever happened or everything that's written exists somewhere and you can find it. Exactly. There there are ways and means that you can find it. But this was not the case back then. Mm. Right? Of course, what I'm at the end of the day, right? What I'm trying to say is let's look at the let's look at all of this, right? With unbiased perspective. 
and just try to imagine the lives of the people back then and what is it that they are trying to do rather than what we think they are trying to do. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, we cannot have this modern mode of thinking and then after that transport it into the past and after that just tell and then yeah, yeah. try to interpret their actions in that way. I don't think that is helpful to anyone. And this historical revisionist thing, right, is just yeah, then Chuck <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm thinking of a tangent, so please please continue. <laughs> I'm sorry that I, I interrupted you. I'm just thinking of how you were saying like everything's recorded nowadays, right? Can you imagine when you're a sixty year old and then the next person comes to become the like the fucking like president or prime minister of Singapore and then you dig up a YouTube video of him like doing like Naruto Jutsu hand size and like <laughs> this is your because <laughs> he probably did it when he was a kid and then now, now he's like the Prime Minister of Singapore. <laughs> right. That, that's that's normal moving forward, uh. That's normal moving forward. <laughs> Right. I'll be surprised if like in the future right like somebody, somebody doesn't have a sex tape yeah, like if you yeah, don't have exactly. a sex tape like you you are a fucking loser like you are somehow an outcast you're the outlier so you know it's possible he's like oh Lee Hong Yi does deepest dab in the world watch <laughs> me do it hey hey guys I'm gonna do a deep then after that you cut to him you cut to him like being the president like the, the prime minister of Singapore you know giving a speech in front of the fucking uh, um, Istana I think he doesn't want to do politics but okay <laughs> But uh, okay, no, sorry, yeah. sorry, attention, yeah. But but you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I understand what you're saying that the lens mm. with which we view history also is biased because we are living in this modern day and age of YouTube and everything. We cannot uh, uh, put the ideals that we have on other people in the past. Yes, that that that, that is valid. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. idealizing like any any one particular group and vilifying any one particular group is also just fucking stupid, uh. Like who's innocent in history? Right now, everybody slaughtered everybody back then. <laughs> Right, I mean, there's just fucking. I mean, there's a good reason why civil society like have so much rules and whatever, right? It's it's really precisely because, I mean, the whole world was a fucking wild west back in the day. Do you, do you know? I just discovered, and I only just discovered this recently. What's your ethnicity? What's your Chinese ethnicity? Uh oh, you mean like the uh, Teochew dialect group? You're Hokkien, and you sir? Hokkien. You're Hokkien. Okay, mm. so I'm Hakka. Right, and then my my dad is Hakka, mm. my mom is Cantonese. Mm. Do you know that merely three hundred years ago, the, the the Cantonese and the Hakka in in China they warred with each other, yeah. massacres. I didn't know this. Yeah. Massacres were, hey, were and the wildfire spread so widely, it spread across to the rest of the foreign Chinese in other other countries. Yes, in, it in Malaysia, in Perak alone, there, right? There there are, there are incidents in in Singapore where you know uh the Hokkien's and the Cantonese will pick a fight with each other or the Teochews will pick a fight with each other because of shit happening back home. They yeah, receive yeah, a letter yeah. and then they'll get into gang fights. Yeah, here. but when you say gang fights, you don't imagine people, but people, but you know, like taking parangs and chopping each other's limbs off. That's probably what they did. Yeah, which is exactly what they did, and then yeah. blew my mind. They're killing each other. Yeah. You know? If only they have Pofma back in the day. <laughs> now this will have happened. <laughs> no, but see, that's Any the thing also. protection from fake news. <laughs> that's the thing also. I mean, going back to going back to the colonial days, since we're talking about Bicentennial, it, the, like what John said, the Raffles was here because he was commissioned. He's actually not even a government worker. He's a privateer. He's an East India yeah. Company guy, EIC, right? EIC, right? Yeah, He's see. one of the important heads in the EIC. I mean, but you got granted, you got to give him props. Uh, you know, he was in his 30s when he got into a really important position to his spearhead. His rich, la, privilege. Yeah, I mean, he, he died, what, 46 or 47? Okay. Yeah, from tuberculosis, I think. And uh, when he was... If I'm not wrong, when he signed a treaty with the Temenggong to hmm, hmm. for 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 the land right around the mouth of Singapore River, he he was only f- barely forty two. 
you know, Jerry, everything you are saying is correct and factual, but you know, when you said this, you had the lecturer face. I fucking saw your... Do you see that? Do you see his lecturer face? No, I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? But I mean, the, 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 the way I look at it, right, is if you look at it from, from the colonizer point of view, uh, yes. a lot of them, yes, they may be in this region to make money, uh, and at the same time, they're not just here to make money make money they are not interested in making money they're, they're interested in land grab as well and a lot of the natives um, the indigenous people who were here they didn't do themselves justice as well like uh, in certain cases in in uh, Indonesia where a lot of princes were fighting against each other for succession some of mm. them were just signing treaties with the Dutch because oh yeah, the Dutch can anyhow oh my god yeah. I, I know what you're talking about yeah the Dutch can provide me with guns so I can go and fight my brother for a succession battle. They were then, already fighting proxy wars. Right? Yeah, they were already fight, fighting proxy wars. And it was only, um, I think one of the brothers if, if eventually hired some of the Dutch mercenaries to enter the war proper. Which, which, are you talking about a Johor Sultanate? No, no, Indonesia. No. Like, oh, uh, Aceh, Aceh. Aceh or, I don't remember. Right, it's right, so right, long right. ago since I opened those textbooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, you are probably right because yeah. I know that the, the Achenese fought the Portuguese. They, they, were, they were fighting and Portuguese came in the 1400s. So they were fighting the Europeans for a very long time even before rifles came around. They used poison weapons, Jerry. Oh yeah. Can you okay. imagine if you get, you get stuck by a fucking arrow and then you like feel intense pain and then you start vomiting, vomiting your guts out. Okay, let's put it. Let's put it for context for our international uh, listeners. The Southeast Asian natives were fighting European powers even before even before the Spanish discovered America. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's how long they've been fighting. I mean, the every every successful empire in the past, right, have mm. employed this tactic. What yeah. divide and conquer. That's what Rome did, right? When they wanted to. When they were invading the, the Germanics and the Gauls and whatever, they, they were supplying weapons to individual chieftains so that they can go and start massacring their own, their, their own uh, people, right? People from their other tribes. And then after that, the, the Romans, they will either uh, colonize the, the, the survivors or they will, you know, come in and soup up every, every, every fucking mm. body, right? Mm. This is a, the, the, the problem is that what they are doing, right, is actually exploiting the darkness in the human heart, right? Like everybody, they want power and they will do anything to, to get power and they will sign deals with the devil in order to do it. So signing, so it's not like the colonizers were doing anything special, right? I promise you something, I give you guns in exchange, you give me this lo- this plot of land. And to the people who were in charge back then, sounded they, like a great deal, right? They, yeah, it sounded like fucking fantastic. Yeah. I have a stick that I point at the person he's dead. <laughs> it's better than your shitty sword. And I mean, we're we're talking about we're talking about people who are their royalty, the native royalty or native mm. people in power. If you talk about peasants and all, it's like they have no say in this. And for all you, you also holy, uh, self righteous, indignant people, right? Like, hey, have you played Civilization before? C four, C five. How do you play Democracy on? Steam, like you play, and then you tell me what you would do in those situations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, truly, now if let's say you are now in charge, and there's someone that's out there that's actively trying to kill you, right? There's you have a rival tribe that will do not, that will stop at nothing to make sure that your head is mounted on a spike, and then he will murder your family and he will rape your wife. Then what would you do? You're just gonna sit there and just be like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this fucking boomstick from, from this other dude in exchange for a little bit of land, so that I can make sure that that other guy doesn't kill me first. Mm. I'm not proud of what I've done, but when I played Civilizations, I once nuked in the neighboring country because I heard that they were developing their own nuclear program. 
They weren't doing anything. In fact, I traded with them before. But I had to nuke them. I just had to because I can't have anyone have nukes other than me. Yep, that's the world in a nutshell. So, I'm a monster. You are a monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> okay, back to bicentennial <laughs> movement. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I just have a, I just have a big fucking beef with people who are actively always trying to pursue that one narrative law. It's like, come the fuck on, now. You want you 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 want to talk about all these things, right? Okay, let's let's talk about it. Let's 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 just be open and honest about everything. Like fucking, who are the murderers here, and who are who are the people who are in charge back then? Like, don't just tell me, oh, you know, no, the the colonizers were racist in in saying the the Malays were lazy and sleepy. Like, fuck off, man. I mean, truly lah. They probably right. say the same thing about Mexicans when they went to uh, you know I mean the, the new world. Do you, you think you think the Malaysia didn't didn't have derogatory derogatory terms for the for the colonizers or whatever, man? I mean, where do you think this like um term came from? Masali. Yeah, the people who are against you will just say that that they can say whatever they want because they are not in power. The people when people in yeah, power this, say this derogatory pa- this terms, power thing is always like it always shits me up like. I mean we had this, I think we had a discussion about the nature of power to, in the previous episodes right we should have a dedicated power session yes but it doesn't make any fucking sense well. I mean what? where does power come from right now I mean the example I gave was Lee Kuan Yew can basically kill anybody that he wants but he's still accountable so actually the, is he powerful or powerless right the, the point is that at the end of the day the, there are people who are in charge and there are people who are not in charge. That's absolutely correct, right? And, and then, like, so long as you're not in warfare, then everything can be negotiated. Everything can be talked about. Mm-hmm. That is what power, I think, ultimately comes down to. The, 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 the ability to get what you want. And that's about it. That's all, that's all fucking it is. Right? If you wanted something bad enough, you go and get it through whatever means you have. But it's power is not. I call you Ang Molang, and you and I call, and then I call you, or you call me a sleepy Malay, and therefore somehow your insult is better than mine. This is some schoolyard politics shit, right? That doesn't fucking jive well with me. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we take? Um, I have a a, a a slightly different angle to present. Uh, all these matters in regards to the Singapore bicentennial movement. So this is my theory. You tell me what you guys think about this, lah. Okay. Uh, this this ties in with with what you said just now about Singapore lacking culture. Mm. So I feel like because the Singapore government and all the people in charge understand that Singapore is lacking in culture, lacking mm. in history, which makes up a great part of national identity. Mm. So the reason for all these um, uh, um, finding new narratives and revising history um, on their end to stretch back the history of Singapore even before 1819, right, to, to you know, the, to Parameswara, you know, to the, to the 13th century. They're, they're doing this to give us a fake or false uh, depth in our history. I, right? Well, 
Okay. Yeah. Please continue. So, please continue. So the very fact uh, that we are having this podcast now, they have already succeeded. Because to the government, they don't care whether Raffles was a monster or not. They don't care about uh, all these aspects of history or not. All they care about is that the citizens are talking about it and they're actively debating about it. You have gotten people involved in this already. And that alone is a success because you, makes pe- you make people think about you know, what happened during those times and it makes us claim ownership over those times. Macam like we are more deeper and more historical than we actually are. That's my theory. What What's do you guys the think? What's the point of that? What's the point of the government injecting all this? To create national identity. But then you just said we are debating over it. Correct. And the act of debating already is the creation of national identity. So we are unified in our disagreement? That well, this agreement is one stage. There's always the thesis and the antithesis, right? But the end synthesis will happen. So that's how that's how we, we agree at uh, the what end. What if it doesn't happen? Then you'll fucking backfire everything, right? Well, that's a risk you got to take. Uh. Why would they take that risk? It doesn't mean it's like a big risk. <laughs> I don't think it's a big risk. <laughs> you know what's yeah, funny? In Singapore, we're not going to have riots just because you think that. You know what's funny? Because I was thinking probably along the same line as John in, in the sense that, you know, okay, so will it come if, if what they're trying to do is to invigorate Discussion will it come to a point where they lose control and then you have different groups saying, "Hey, my <laughs> my con- group, ma, lose control my, in Singapore." <laughs> yeah, no, my group, ma, is no, that's the point. Is more contributing you than your group. You know, no, my group that, has more contribution <laughs> than your group back then. No, but I, I, I that's what insulting on you on Facebook. That's what that's my point as well. Right. Is that the government is not going to risk losing control? Yeah. That's not our government's or opera, uh, modus operandi. Right now, they, if they don't have control over it, they're not going to fucking risk it. I think it's funny because... I'm uh, pretty sure we, they have control We We think they, they have, control, have control, but I think they're probably on... I wouldn't say they're on the verge of losing it, but there's always a tug of war between right. them able right. to okay. and not able to, you know. Let me, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I will draw on your point, okay? Because okay. I'm going to answer John's question. So mm-hmm. right now, right? Okay, I've got two fighters. Fighter A, John. Fighter B, Jerry. Okay. Right? I am the person giving you the ring to fight in. I am the person getting the audience for you doing the marketing. I'm the guy who's in charge of, of uh, one championship or fucking whatever uh, okay. UFC. Okay. I'm still the guy in charge. You guys can fight, but fight in the ring. La. So that's yeah, how I, I, I have my control. No, but you no, can fight, no, no, but on, you cannot bite his ear off. You know, no, that kind of thing. Then... What you're saying, right, it doesn't jive as well. Okay, okay. Because what you're saying is, okay. the government is backing one fighter. No, no, the government's not backing a fighter. The government's making the fight the, happen. He's, he's saying the government. my rules. The gov is, ha- is the pe- it's person the yeah, in the, charge of the yeah, playground. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, the government is doing this for the sake of unity. But the opposite of unity is, of course, non unity or disunity, <laughs> right? And these are the two forces that are currently fighting each other now. I wouldn't say it's unity and disunity. <laughs> I would say it's Cam A and Cam B. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a little different. So Cam A and Cam B, one yeah. of it is for unity, the other one is not for unity. What do you mean unity? I'm talking about no, just, like, we like don't two talk different about, viewpoints. Yeah, we two don't talk about unity, viewpoints. disunity. No, it's just two that, different the viewpoints. The Singaporean uh, government yeah. is very reactive in, in regards to these larger issues, whether it's like 377A. I, they will look at the majority, they will see the consensus, then they will agree with the consensus. So if John, you fight Jerry... Right, you win, I'll be like, yes, John is is a great fighter and so much, so much. If Jerry wins, I'll say the same thing. But the thing is that you are duked it out in my playground, in my ring. That's that's what I feel the Singaporean government is like. Lah. Then what if Jerry was the person who is completely against your narrative and then now because he has beaten mm-hmm. your chosen champion. I don't have a chosen champion. One of the, the fact that Jerry, both of you are fighting means Jerry you, is against your narrative. Jerry no, is going no, against no, your no, narrative. No. I can accept either Jerry. Those people who are actually against my narrative are not even fighting in the ring already. How do you control that then? Like that is not that now currently, right? Mm. You're saying that the stage is set. Mm. Okay. Mm. But of course, 
it's not so clearly defined where the stages is, right? I mean, we're talking about on the internet here, we're talking about hmm. the our podcast or whatever. Hmm. I don't agree with your assessment that okay. the Singaporean government is somehow orchestrating all this. The Singapore government can't even, can't even fix our fucking floods. We still have floods <laughs> in Orchard Road. You want the government to orchestrate some conspiracy theory to <laughs> go and somehow jive and unify our entire disparate block by by uh, looking at history from the 13th century? Like, what the fuck? That's a good point. That's a good point. Let me tell you something. Who's, who's in charge of this whole bicentennial movement? Okay, tell me. Okay, it's a Singapore bicentennial office. Okay. Uh, when was the Singapore bicentennial office set up? Probably 2018. Yeah, recently, yeah. right? They have dedicated the entire branch. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm working for them. They have, de- <laughs> they have dedicated oh, an no. entire branch of people, okay, with the power to put their policies and their narrative in various different fields of the government, whether it's uh, like Ministry of Education, whether it's with, with uh, MCCY or things like that, right? Mm. They, have, they, they are slipping their fingers into all of this. This is a dedicated branch of people okay, set but what up. But what is their goal? What is their purpose? To create like, national identity, I just told you, man. <laughs> you're saying creating a national identity yeah, through yeah. debate, and yes. then I'm saying that yes. that is not gonna fucking happen. I'm you don't create correct. you don't create identity or unity through debate. Right? That's not the I don't think that is the case. Like people might reject what you're trying to say. Okay. You, Wait, we reject people is who? People is who? Like whoever like people. currently like already we yeah. already have descending voices. Of course, currently correct. right now, the the yeah, whole few, the whole few of it is that there's no, there, there's only a very small minority of people who are dissenting, right? There's only a small minority of people who say that yeah, all this bicentennial thing is bullshit. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not talking about. Okay, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Actually, I actually do understand where you're coming from. Uh, but okay, let me see if I can give you a a, a okay, all the views right that. Are dissent, they are dissenting. Uh, there might be views that, that the government can agree, or at least the Singapore by so control opposition. Can, uh. Yeah, so for instance, right, okay, let me give you an example like PJ Tum, Kristen Han, right? All these people. You think all these people are control opposition? No, they are not in the race at all. Like, let me give you an example. Like, there's this writer. But what are you talking about? Wait, 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 listen to me first. Wait, okay, like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. They, are, they, are, they are not part okay. of this debate. They've been left out. So they're not fighting in the debate. They are already, like, okay, PJ Tum is making the rounds on the various social media platforms so on and so forth. I'm sure Kristen Hunt is as well. Yes, they are. So, you to say that they're not in the race, right, I think is... No, they're they are, they are fighting in underground tournaments. Using go, Let's go back to the fighting energy. They're fighting underground. You know, they're doing their own little fight club. But I'm talking about the rings in Singapore. It could be in a school, that is a ring. It the, could be in a museum, that is a ring. It could be in a street road, road event. Or those that you see in the malls, that is a ring. The ring that I set up. So let me give you an example. There's this uh, writer called Nadia Wright. Uh, Nadia Wright. Nadia H. Wright, I think. And then she's the person that's going, the academic that's going around saying that Raffles was a loser. Farquhar was the, the, the top dog. And Raffles was a lazy loser. Who, and such op- opinions are... Uh, the Singapore Bicentennial Office can live with. They're like, oh, okay. Uh, you, you, and then they put her in a ring with somebody else who says the opposite. One of those people whom you are talking about that you know agrees that uh, oh, you know, uh, the colonizers did more good than they did bad. We should, we should uh, celebrate them. That kind of thing. So these two fighters will fight it out, and whatever that comes out from this debate, both are uh, opinions I can stand behind. Anyway, but there's there's a third outcome that you haven't considered. Please, well, what is the third so outcome? So which is. Nobody even gives a shit. <laughs> that's the third outcome. Yes, okay, that okay, that is a failure for the government. If nobody yeah. gives a shit, right, that is the f- that's a failure on their part. I, I would argue you, that. Then do you think that people are giving a shit about this right we're now? We're talking about this. We are talking about this. We are talking about our listeners are, are listening to this. We are the underground fighters, right? 
We are the underground. We are. The I watch both rings. I watch both I'm, underground I'm fights. A spectator. Yeah, I watch street fights and I watch UFC. I and watch then you everything. watch the when you watch the UFC in this in look. this particular case. Yes, then what is yes. it that you see? Do you think people are rooting for one or the other, or are they just going on with their lives and not giving a shit about all this? Mm, I see a lot of online debate, but I, I don't know whether in real life people do or not. Or I, I cannot. I cannot. I think tell. the online debate. Uh, also, we also have to see what are they debating about. Uh. I mean, for for the government to declare a success on this campaign. They have to, if let's say the debate is, surra- is surrounding our national identity or have some tangent to that, then okay, then I will say that your conspiracy theory holds true. But if let's say they are debating, you know, whether Raffles has a six inch dick or eight inch dick, like. I think it was five. Oh, you what? You've seen it before? Jerry, you've, you know Raffles, right? You're so old. I don't know, man. Yeah, you probably met him and shake his hands, right? <laughs> Shake his dick. <laughs> I don't know, man. There are a lot of things happening in the region back then. So this actually kind of reminds me of um, when I was in the Listening Room podcast. Oh, okay. And one of the hosts, Deepen, he has a conspiracy theory oh, as well. No. And I just spent the whole fucking episode just like, just being truly skeptical about his, his theory. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he, he was talking about like how 9-11 was staged and whatever and I'm okay. just like, you know, the... F- the the fucking government, right, is not this monolithic block of of super highly competent dudes <laughs> that can that this permeate that's everywhere and doing everything. Okay? <laughs> there are old men sitting around, thumbs up their ass, telling younger guys and younger women what to do for them. Yeah. And then much. what and then it is a game of telephone at that point in time. Person A passed to person B, person B passed to person C, and it goes down the fucking chain. Down to person A A A one. If you look at it from Excel point it, of view, okay, it, the telephone game becomes hot potato at a certain point. Yeah, uh, yeah, correct, exactly. It becomes fucking hot potato, and then as and then by that point, right, everything has fucking collapsed. Okay, we we can't even build drains that can accommodate our fucking monsoon. You know how pathetic our so called monsoon is, or not? Have you seen a real monsoon? I I'm sure most people have. Uh, our monsoon is a fucking joke, and our <laughs> drains cannot handle it. You think that this group of people can somehow orchestrate a debate about national identity by by looking at the past? I uh okay. I mean, the problem is there's no way I can disprove you. But <laughs> motherfucker, like this is this is truly some some le- out of left field, you know? Like oh, you know, I've always been, you know, left leaning. Uh, yeah. We know. Okay. Okay. Let, let, let us. Let us. Uh, I'll. I'll keep your, your. Your points are are well made. I will. I will consider them as I go to sleep tonight. Um. Do you. Do you guys want to have a, a quick hypothetical? Yeah. Let's keep. Let's okay. give me a magical moment then. All right. Okay. So now imagine. Okay. You are an auditor of reality. Okay. But uh, you can only be the auditor of reality in this situation. After the situation has been made. Mm. Right. Your life, you'll go back to being John and Jerry and then your normal life will, 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 you know, you'll go back to your normal life. You have one chance to change anything, anything about Singapore's history from 1819 onwards. 1819 to, let's say, 1965. You have got one, you can change anything. You can make Lee Kuan Yew's name be Lee Kuan Spiel. And, and then that, that would be, that, that would be a fact in history. You can make, uh, 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 uh Lim Chin Siong, you know, be like fucking ripped. Mm. You can make Raffles be a mecha, <laughs> a Japanese mecha, anything. <laughs> the most ludicrous thing ever. <laughs> oh, fucking, I know already. 
I know what I'm gonna do. Okay. Uh, you okay. go first. Okay, you go first. You go first. All the roads that that will be made will have a PMV lane. They'll just wrote, they'll just write PMV. No one will know what the <laughs> fuck it is. But then <laughs> for, ni- for eighteen nineteen there'll be a PMV lane. Yes, right. Right. <laughs> Everyone is like, what why do we always dedicate this then, one two meter space? Yeah, it'll be it'll be in our fucking constitution. Every road built right must have a PMV lane. And then scholars and and academics and politicians will constantly debate about this for 200 years until the year 2016 and then they'll be like oh fuck it all makes sense now so Stanford Raffles was a fucking genius he probably can see the future but actually it's not Raffles it was me it was John o- auditor of reality there'll, <laughs> there'll be a PMV lane you know what I'll throw in a bike lane as well because fucking bikes right bicycles you guys are fucking awful, okay? But, fine, I'll throw in a bike lane and a PMV lane on all fucking roads. Every fucking road in Singapore in our constitution. <laughs> that, that, wow, I was expecting that. I'm like, yeah, that, that was out of left field, yeah, man. My, my example sucks now. I'm gonna think of a new one. Yeah. Jerry, you go first. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know how to top that, man. Yeah, that's that's that's. that's <laughs> I don't that's know how to top that. Petty shit, John. That's kind uh, of petty. <laughs> we can change anything from eighteen nineteen until now, right? Yes. So anything happened in the last two hundred years, I would point some fucking cannons to the north in nineteen forty. Aiden, the British might win. You know, what if Singapore holds out against? Alternate history. Singapore if, holds if out. If Singapore history. holds out, yeah, we'll still be under British rule, no? Because every, oh, the British saved us. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it will change that much. Because by the time, even though the British were kind of holding Singapore and Hong Kong as kind of like jewels in the east, right? Mm. They they were on their way down. They were actually on their way to cutting off uh, their colonies. Uh, so I don't think much will change. They will still be in debt. They were they were in debt for World War Two. They were in debt for World War One. So I think they was they're they're still gonna cut us off at a certain point in time, but it gives us a fighting chance. I'll point a cannon. Oh, okay, up okay. Off. Then less Singaporeans we have to die at the yeah. hands of Japanese. Yeah, I, we may not That's have. So nice. We may have to, uh, or rather, you know, the general Percival may have some level of, uh, uh, you know, to to negotiate a truce. Actually, the it's not about the guns pointing. The guns actually you can actually turn them around 180 degrees and point them to the north. They, they, but they are they are but, all. But what was yeah. what was hap- I think what happened right was that. Because they were expecting an invasion by sea, right, right. So they actually had like in the in the in the sh- in the guns, right, in the artillery guns, it was armor-piercing rounds mm. instead of high-explosive rounds. So armor-piercing is good for like sinking ships, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but not for any yeah, personnel. But if you try to shoot a armor-piercing round at a dude, you wasted the fucking round. <laughs> I mean, you split the fucking dude. Don't get me wrong. He was, he's gonna die a gruesome horrible death. Dude. Yeah, but one dude. <laughs> Right. Uh, so what you needed was high explosive rounds, landing and killing like twenty guys at the same time. Actually, maybe you know, let me let me let me change it a little bit. Uh, if I if I get oh, within Singapore and Malaya, ah fuck. Because you know the thing is the one of the biggest problem is uh the the Brits actually uh assumed that the the Thais would do something, but the Thais didn't. In yeah. fact, they were like, why don't you land on our beaches and leave us alone? And then yep. they landed on the beaches and then invaded Malaya from. Up north, history is negotiation. Yeah. So, so I don't know. If we're okay. still giving them shit about it, by the way. Which, like, yeah, like, yeah, the whole of Southeast Asia is just like giving <laughs> giving Thai the Thai yeah, uh, a lot of shit much, about yeah. this. Yeah. But the but I mean, if you rightfully so, lah, fucking fucking assholes. I mean, they they were looking out for their own selves, you know. 
fight you cowards. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would, you know, I would maybe extend the, the also extend the, the the defensive boundary past the reservoir and not let the Japanese take the water supply. <laughs> no, you're, you're thinking like a military man. I, I yeah, commend you yeah. for doing that. But okay. this is on hindsight, lah. You know, things don't happen like that in combat. Uh, if I had to change one thing, is that uh, if I had to change one thing, it's that the people in power and then the people at the time believe that introducing germs into your food will make you stronger. <laughs> so, up, man. And it's very specific the way I want it to happen. So imagine in 1819, right? Everybody, okay, and this is a societal norm in all cultures or races. You use your pinky finger, okay, very gently slip it behind your back into your underwear and then rub your ass crack with your pin- pinky finger and then dip your pinky finger into whatever food you're consuming at the time. So that the germs from your butt will get into your food and then you become stronger if you survive it. Then if you die, you are ridiculed. <laughs> you can't eat your butt cereal. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aso, your, your son died because he couldn't take his butt cereal. But those people who, who can accept the germs, they become stronger, then we create a better race of Singaporeans. And then now, and then, and then when you travel back to 2019, right, everybody's just dipping their pinky finger into their food before they eat. It's a sign of politeness. It's like, hey, you should me. Or have you eaten? That would solve your immigration problem because all of them will be forced to take, you know, stick to this custom and all of them would die. <laughs> <laughs> you go to a high class restaurant at like fucking Morton Steakhouse or something. And everybody before they eat, they start like dabbing their steak in, in like their little finger juice. What the fuck, man, then? I had a top drawn. I don't know. <laughs> I had to think of something. <laughs> That's really fucking awful then. Yeah. <laughs> what it doesn't the fuck, talk man? me at all. <laughs> I place you firmly below Jerry's <laughs> north facing guns. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 guys, guys, okay. This is this nothing is the people at Varanasi. I've been to Varanasi in India, okay? So you know the river Ganges, right? Like that yeah. everything is there. Yeah, okay? Yeah. They take dead bodies, they burn them yeah. there. A dead cow is there. Yeah. Right? A dead dog is there. A dead human is there. The, the river is 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 polluted or uh, it's unhygienic or, or chemically laced beyond measure. Okay, but you know what? The people living there, they are fucking bathing in it. They uh-huh. are they are brushing their teeth in it, right? They can they are, they are no, and they are perfectly healthy, fine people, right? No. For me, Dan Wong, Dan they Wong, are not perfectly healthy. No, they're fine. Not. Yeah, the point is that they're not. You know, they can they can take it. For me, Dan Wong, I I literally let a, a tiny little tip of the water touch my tongue. Ah, uh, next day I got deli belly already. I'm I'm like fucked up already. I have to go First hospital. Of all, uh, it, Human evolutionary biology, right? It doesn't work that way. It's not like it's it's really a zero sum game. If you are, if okay, first of all, our pinky up the butt and to our foot, right, will make us particularly resistant against one strain of E. coli, and that's fucking it. So making us one, making us particularly resistant to that one strain of E. coli, right, will bring about a whole bunch of um downsides, right, of consequences that we cannot imagine. You don't know that. So, like for example. There's a there's a gene right called the BRCA one gene that makes you highly resistant to uh, cerebral malaria. Okay, it this gene evolved out of the out of the environment, right? Having but the having the downside of having this gene right is that if you are a female, your chances of developing breast cancer in your lifetime doubles the average female. So. In order for us to be resistant to currently, right now, something that we don't have, 
you have just literally double your chances of breast cancer. Like, what if, what if being resistant to this one strain of E. coli, which might be extinct 60 years from now into a different strain, which we are completely not ready for, gives, then as a result of this gene, right, give us the, I don't know. Testicular cancer. Yeah, like triple the chance of prostate cancer. Like, this is something that could post possibly happen as well. No wonder you were so against the I'll, CRISPR gene editing. Yeah, I'll say one thing though. Um, sticking your pinky into your uh, poop hole and into your food before yeah. eating it probably will not change our genes uh, for many generations. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but it may make your gut bacteria a little bit more resistant. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, before okay, okay. Here's what I want you to do, John. Okay, let's just humor me on this. Okay, I will say one thing, right? A, a few, a couple of statements. Okay, and then we 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 end on a cliffhanger. Okay, okay. Then you, after I'm done with my statement, you just you just cut the podcast, just end it. Okay, okay. We don't what? say bye bye or anything. Okay, no listeners, moment. let me tell you this story, listeners, my dear listeners, my dear friends at the table. When I went to Varanasi, okay, I was the only person among the entire group of friends that did not get sick. Okay. Throughout my life, I've always been have a very healthy gut bacteria. Okay. Seldom do my tummy get upset, like for example, Jerry. Thanks. Okay. Uh. I've been eating a lot of dirty things. In the army, you know, when shit falls on the floor, I just pick it up and eat it. Okay. And I do not get sick. Okay. Okay, I'll leave you guys to And then you know, you know I I I'm proposing very strongly about this, you know, finger in your food thing. Guys, maybe just maybe there's some truth to what I'm saying. I'm not fucking cutting this. <laughs> <laughs> this is cut it. It's not cool if you don't if you don't cut it. You must cut it. You fucking you pee on your hands, and then you and then you touch your foot afterwards, and then now you want all of us to do the same. I I I cut it. Cut it. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Don't don't put bye your bye. finger in your butt, and then put no, the stick do it, in your do foot. It, or make your children do it. Okay. Don't Happy bicentennial. Do.